Good morning and God bless you all. I thought today I would talk about salvation. Um, I know there is a lot of confusion out there among people who are lost, what exactly it means to be saved. And even believers, sometimes we second guess ourselves. Um, so uh, today we're going to talk about what the scripture actually says about being saved. Salvation is not about anything that you or I or we do. It is not about us. It is not about works. If somebody's preaching to you that salvation is faith plus works, that is not scripturally correct and it will lead you the wrong way. So like I always say, be very careful about who you're listening to and always double check things with scripture. Scripture is about believing in the gospel and the gospel is about the blood atonement of Christ. Christ came as the sacrificial lamb for our sins. He died for our sins. He shed his precious, powerful blood to cover us, the ones who choose to accept that payment and believe in it. And a lot of people leave the blood out of the salvation and the gospel. Incorrect. The blood is the most important part of salvation. Jesus' blood, the blood that he shed for us, that is what saves us. That is what covers us. That is the sacrifice that he made for us so that we could have eternal life. Salvation is not about anything you do. It's not I. It's not you. It's not me. It's not us. It is all Christ. It is the blood of Christ that Jesus shed for us on our behalf. So salvation is believing, but it's not just believing with your head. It is believing with your heart and your soul and every fiber of your being. It's, it's, it's trust. Belief is trust. You are placing your faith and your trust in the blood of Jesus Christ, in what he did for us on the cross. So, in order to have salvation, you have to hear the gospel, you have to understand the gospel, you have to believe in the gospel, and you are saved. So, first and foremost, for anybody listening who doesn't understand what the gospel is, you can find it in 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. So, the idea is that all through the Old Testament... There was always blood atonement for sin. And before Jesus came, people used to sacrifice innocent animals. They used to sacrifice lambs. And then their sins would be covered for one year. But what Jesus did was he came once to die once on the cross for every sin that had ever been committed, ever will be committed by every single person on the planet. The only thing you have to do to partake in that payment is believe it and accept it. Salvation is a gift of grace through faith. Nothing else. Nothing you can do can add or subtract to your salvation. Salvation is not about works. It is not about how good a person you are or what charities you gave to. It is only about placing your faith and trust in Jesus, in the blood that he shed for our sins and accepting the payment for that. And 
a lot of people try to say that that you know you have to do acts that it couldn't just be as simple as believing well it's all over scripture acts 16:31 hebrews 11:6 1 corinthians 1 through 8 20 21 1 through 4 ephesians 1:18 and 19 romans 1:16 christ did everything on the cross for us and it covers every sin you have ever done or ever will do He's that powerful. He's the son of God. He is God. His blood covers all of it. So anybody who's trying to say, well, you know, like for the rapture, well, we have to be here through the tribulation to prove ourselves. No, we don't. Because what that is saying is that Jesus Christ, what he went through is not enough. Are you kidding? He covered it all. We can't do anything. Salvation is a gift of grace through faith, lest and not of works, lest any man should boast. It is not about what we do. The things we do have to do with if you are actually living with the Holy Spirit and and letting allowing the Holy Spirit to reside in you. Once you do that, once you believe, once you are sealed with the Holy Spirit, your behavior will change and will start to reflect the Holy Spirit because that's just naturally what happens. But your acts do not reflect your salvation it is a gift of grace through faith when jesus died on the cross he was dying for our sins in our place he paid the price for our sins it's as if you're in a courtroom and you have been charged with murder and you know you're guilty and you're about to be sentenced to death jesus stepped in and say said no i'm gonna i'm gonna pay for this for you i'm gonna take your punishment for you if you'll accept it so all you have to do is accept it accepting it means you understand that we are all sinners now a lot of people confuse being a sinner with being a bad person or being evil that is not what sin means sin actually means you miss the target you're not perfect you did something incorrectly you, 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 you did not live up to God's expectations. Yes, yeah, sins can be terrible. They can be horrible. Sins can also be very minor. But all sins are sins. There's no, there's no difference. And we are born into a sinful world, into a sinful nature, into sinful bodies. That is not our fault. It is just the way that Satan has corrupted this entire planet. So it, it's not admitting that you're a sinner is not about trying to, to encourage you to feel badly about yourself by any means. Admitting you're a sinner is going, yeah, I, I've sinned. I need help. I am down here in the muck, in the mire, in the evil with all of this crap. I need payment out of this. I need help. I need Jesus to pull me out of this. So once you admit that, once you can, can wrap your, your heart around that, then you wrap your heart around what Jesus did for us on the cross, and it's truly amazing. He is the only figure in, in religious history that has ever died for someone. He, and he died for all of us. One life for every sin. Ever was, ever will be. Once you believe that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God, that he came here to die for our sins in our place, to take our punishment that he died and was buried and God rose him again on the third day according to the scriptures. 
and he rose again to heaven and he is coming back. That's the gospel. That's the good news. He shed his blood to pay for our sins. All you have to do is believe in that. And I I know that it's hard because when I first started, I wasn't like this my whole life. When I first started, it was difficult for me too. But you have to keep thinking about it and keep breathing it in and keep feeling it and keep asking God to reveal himself to you because he will. Ask Jesus for that relationship. Ask him to come into your life. Ask the Holy Spirit to come into your soul and reside in you and seal you in. Keep picking up the scripture. Tell him, I I don't believe this. Show me what to read and, and you will be led. It's unbelievable. You will be led to the exact parts in scripture that you need to answer whatever question you have. That's happened to me so many times. So, um, you know, and if you think about Cain and Abel, the story in the Old Testament, that's very symbolic and it's very important. Abel came to God with a, a sacrifice for his sins of an innocent lamb and said, I know that I'm wrong, please forgive me. Cain came to God with his works, with fruits of his labor, with crops from his garden that he grew, saying, look at all this wonderful stuff. Do you see the difference? You can't come to God with boast and with ego. That is part of sin. You can't come to him with something you have done. That's not what forgiveness is about. God doesn't say, good job, now I'll forgive you. God wants to look at you and see his son because his son, Jesus, was the only one who walked this planet perfectly. And he was the only one who could because he is God. 100% man, 100% God. Don't try to figure it out. It will blow your brain. He's the only one who could do it. That's why he did it. Because he loves us and he knows that we couldn't do it on our own. There's no way. If you're the one drowning, you can't reach in and pull yourself out. Somebody else on the outside in a different position has to do it for you. But you have to accept that hand. If somebody's reaching down for you, you have to reach back. You know, and um, I've heard some people say, well, I, you know, how could you believe in a God that sends people to hell? You got to understand something. God doesn't send anybody to hell. God is trying to save us all from going to hell. We're all on our way. We were all on our way as soon as Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. And Satan has made it worse and worse and is guaranteeing that a lot more people are on their way to hell than you realize. God intervened and sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to die for all of those sins so that we could have a hand up out of hell. But he gave us free will for a reason. God doesn't boss you around and he doesn't want somebody up there who he has to force to do things. He wants free will that chooses him, that chooses God, that chooses the Holy Spirit, that chooses Jesus. And the only way that's gonna happen is if there's 100% free will. So if you end up in hell, it's not because God sent you there, it's because you didn't choose to be saved from it. Big difference. Excuse me. Um, So freedom of of choice is extremely important. 
And I think that's also why it's so hard because people think, well, it's just, it's just, it's too easy to just believe. Well, it is and it isn't. You really have to, you listen, you either believe the scriptures or you don't. You either believe the Bible or you don't. It's not a la carte. You don't get to choose one paragraph here and say that's true and the rest isn't. The entire scripture is true. Every single word is true. There's enough prophecy in there, incredible prophecy, that has come through to 100% accuracy so far. You can't argue that scripture is accurate. In fact, that was the first thing that I looked at when I picked up the scripture was I, I want to see, I want to see the evidence of this. It's not just a, it's not a feel good book. It's, this is what happened. This is what's happening now. And this is what's going to happen. And if you want help, here it is. Basic instructions before leaving earth, the Bible. So again, just because I've been spending a lot of time the last couple of days, just like my last podcast about deception and the things that are coming down and about to come down. Time is very short, guys. I, I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, how, how little time we have before this all kicks into high gear and the next event on the prophetic calendar of God is going to happen, which is the rapture. It's right around the corner. So the most important thing that you can do if you are on the fence or if you are lost and you happen to be hearing this, pick up your Bible, go to 1 Corinthians 1 through 4 and read it. And choose to believe it and breathe that in and see what it feels like. And keep reading your Bible. Keep picking it up. Go to John. John is a great place to start if if you're just if you're new at this. And um, keep asking Yeshua, Jesus, for guidance, because he will give it to you. And, um, you know, the other thing that I wanted to say is, if, if there is any part of you that is called to scripture, to Jesus, to these kinds of podcasts, there's a reason for that. I don't believe that we choose Christ. I believe that Christ chooses us. And then when we hear that call, we choose him. There's something in each and every one of us that was planted there by God that when he starts to call you, you respond to it because you are his. You just have to acknowledge it and accept, and accept it. <clears throat> Some people will never hear that call. By choice, by circumstance, but even the most lost among us, we all have a chance. We all can. He's, he's there, he's calling, and he is coming very, very soon. A lot of people like myself who are paying attention to all of these signs. That, I mean, the billboard in the heavens with the Revelation 12 sign is extraordinary. If you have any time to look into that, do a, do a search on Revelation 12 sign, September 2023, and watch it. And then do your research and look it up and find out. It's, um, it, it couldn't be any more clear. The Feast of Trumpets is in a couple weeks. That's really significant. 
And a lot of us believe that September is going to be extraordinary. So that's all to say that there's not a lot of time left, guys. So pick up your Bible, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1 through 4. Um, the other thing I'm going to suggest is Robert Breaker has a fantastic video where he goes into detail about understanding salvation. I highly, highly recommend that all of you guys pull that up and watch it. Um, if you go to YouTube, just type in Robert Breaker. Miss, I think he calls it Misunderstanding Salvation. Uh, please watch that. It will help uh, explain a lot of things in detail, much more than I did here. I'm assuming most people who are listening to this already know, but even when you do, I mean, I even watched it again last night, and um, it's comforting because it reminds you that you are breathing in the right information. So I love you guys. Um, I want to come back in tomorrow and talk a little bit more about the Revelation 12 sign. I know I keep saying I'm going to do that, and I keep getting sidetracked with other messages that are on my heart. So, But this one felt important today. Salvation. Understand your salvation. Salvation is the gospel, and the gospel is the blood atonement of Jesus Christ. He came, he died for our sins, he rose again. If you accept it and you believe it, you are covered in the blood of Christ, and you are washed white as snow. And when you stand before God, all God is going to see is Jesus in you. That's the whole point. <clears throat> to be washed white as snow by the blood of Jesus. Because what he did, we couldn't do it. That's why he did it for us. All right, I love you guys. Um, God bless. And if we're not raptured, I will come back in tomorrow. And in the meantime, eyes up, hold fast. Keep your eyes on Jesus because he's coming.